Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain. And now your host, he's one part mohawk, two parts attitude, and a touch of what the f***, it's Al Mancini. delayed but it, it came through in the end thank you people thank you very much it's nice to have so many wonderful people here and welcome to you all out there in webland my name is Al Mancini I'm the host of top of the food chain I'm the man whose lifestyle is so decadent that many Vegas odds makers believe that I am more likely to implode than the Harmon Tower and um, it's a good day here in Las Vegas it's a good day at top of the food chain we have a we have a new sponsor for the show this is really exciting um, my good friends at Bread and Butter, and Chris Heron was here last week, the incredible chef over there at Bread and Butter. Um, you know, it's great, it's great being here at Vegas Video Network because they don't pressure you to get sponsors that you don't believe in. Um, this, this came about because I had written a great review in Las Vegas City Life about Chris, and after that happened, we had him down here to do some stuff, and bada bing, bada boom, we're in business together, and it's great to have him sponsoring it. Um, bread and butter, an incredible place. I mean, not only do I like it, but my arch nemesis is um, John Curtis and Max Jacobson have written great things about it. When you get the three of us to agree, you know, it's wonderful. Great breads, great, great pastries, um, and also really good sandwiches. And that's what I'm going to talk about real quickly this week. Um, I recommend the pastrami sandwich over there. They get their pastrami made right here in town by Ben's Barbecue. It is some of the best pastrami I've ever had. Top secret tip, it's not on the menu, but if you want it, ask for it on the um, pretzel bread. They've also been delivering some pastries to the guys here in the studio. You're liking them, right, guys? They, uh, they delivered uh, uh, caramel corn for our show a couple days ago, and it was amazing. So there, there you go, our new sponsor, Bread and Butter. Guys, welcome aboard, and you can check them out at breadandbutterlv, right? It's breadandbutterlv.com. Thank you very much, and thanks, Chris, and all the guys at Bread and Butter, man. Glad to have you as part of the Vegas Video Network team. And speaking of that team, God, it gets bigger every week. Scott just keeps putting out more and more shows, and they keep getting better and better. Except me, I keep getting worse and worse. But he keeps me around. Don't know why. But you should really, seriously, check out all our shows. We've got things about sports betting. We've got things about um, shows. We have a show about golf. We have a show about drinking, which near and dear to my heart. Um, Scott's own show. Living in Las Vegas, a lot of stuff going on. It's all, you find it all at VegasVideoNetwork.com. And you can find the archives right there. Or you can go to YouTube. We're a partner with YouTube. We, we're on Roku. Um, you can find us, of course, at iTunes. Download audio and video versions. And every week, Friday night at 1400 AM, KSHP, they just string us all together and play it. And you can just sit in your car and listen to your AM radio all Friday night long. It's a really sad way to spend a whole Friday night in Las Vegas. But um, if that's what you dig, you should do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I recommend listening to it. I'm just hoping you have something to do in between shows. Anyway, if, you've got if you have questions for future shows, email them to us now, food at VegasVideoNetwork.com. If you're watching us live, which is the best way to watch, get in the chat room. Just Tap, tap, tapity, tap, 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 and there you are, and you can speak to us about anything you would like to know. If you're listening on the radio and you want to phone in a question for a future show, the number is 866-966-4599. Uh, 
I think that's about everything that we needed to plug right now. Scott, how have you been, my brother? Awesome. Did you get the press release? You did. You got the press release, and you actually talked about it on your Facebook page. We just hit, uh, in the last 75 days broadcast day, we did 1 million viewer minutes, 75 broadcast days. Pretty excited about that. And that's live streaming stuff, right? Live streaming only. It doesn't include the video on demand, doesn't include the audio on demand, just live streaming like we're doing right now. So Pretty a million cool. minutes, I don't know how many years that is or days, but... I think it's about 10,000. Right, 10,000 billion years. I think um, so. Yeah, but that's a lot of streaming, and that doesn't, those of you who aren't watching live and who aren't not streaming it right now, um, that doesn't even include you. So mm. imagine what would happen if we counted you people. So we've been busy, and uh, you, what have you been doing this week, man? Oh, man, I'm telling you, you know, Scott, I thought when I got out of um, the rock and roll biz, which I used to sort of be in, hanging out with rock stars all the time, I thought, oh, my God, thank God I'm not going to, you know, I'm not exposed to all of that insanity and depravity all the time. I'm not going to end up looking like Keith Richards. Now I realize that being in the food business full time, I'm sadly maybe going to end up looking like John Curtis. I <laughs> don't know. I don't know which is worse, really. <laughs> Um, no, it's been, it's been crazy. I mean, you, you always ask how many times can you go out in a week and it's, you know, I'm looking at like a six or seven day period where I had, I've already been to two um, bourbon pairing dinners, great bourbon pairing dinners. I need at least two trips to pizza places for one article that I'm working on, two meals there, and um, two steakhouse, like full, you know, all out, all blown out steak things. I just don't know how anything is getting through my arteries right now. I'm expecting just a big, if, if during this show a big just vein bursts in my neck, we will know why, man. That'll be, you know what, we'll get a lot of streaming action for that. That's <laughs> right. Do it. Just, just a, yeah, I'll, I'll be dead, but at my eulogy, Scott will be like, thank you for the minutes. That's right. Al, <laughs> we, we love you, man. You brought us the minutes, and that's all that matters. Thank you for, that's a t-shirt. Thank you for the minutes, baby. <laughs> right. Thank you for the minutes. But no, it's been a crazy week. I discovered a place. I'm not sure if you know about it. I, I blogged a little bit about this. Um, the Range Steakhouse. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. It's in Harris. And when people say to me, Harris, I don't generally think, oh, great food. I mean, uh, Kerry Simon's got a good burger, has a great burger joint, I should say, over there. And if you're into country, there's Toby Keith. But that's about it. But there's this steakhouse. It's hidden on the second floor. You have to take an elevator up. And I went up there. I knew the manager from... Bradley Ogden. Um, it's this massive room. Second floor, it wraps around. View of the strip, floor to ceiling. I, I hear they do 600 covers a night on a typical night. Like, it's just this thing that I've never heard of. I mean, I'm, admittedly, I'm not a Steakhouse fan, so that was weird. I know you're always looking for obscure little places. It's not ob obscure among tourists, I guess, but among locals, nobody really knows it's there. Great view. Did you eat there? I did eat there. What did um, you have? I, I mean, I had some steak, you know, and in a lot of ways, steak is steak, but they have a chef who um, is Hawaiian-born, so he puts some nice little twists on it that are pretty interesting. I also had um, the best onion soup I've ever had in my life. It's made with five different kinds of onions. It's actually served in a hollowed-out onion. You know how, like, sometimes people serve soup in, like, a hollowed-out bread bowl? Yep. This is a hollowed-out onion bowl, and um, that alone is, is worth visiting the joint. I was going to ask if it had a view. Shannon says it's got a good view of the, uh, the volcano. Um, no, does it? Maybe if you're on the other side. My view was exactly of the entrance to the forum shops. But it was, I mean, it was cool. Okay. And, you know, but it was, it's right across from Caesars. So Were they, they trying to hide you? No. Yeah, probably. That most people do try to hide me, so that might have been. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure if you were on the side that was facing um, south rather than the side that was facing the strip, it would have a great view of the volcano. Um, How much was the steak? 
I do not know. I did not pay for my steak. Oh, it's so good to be. Out. I was I was there as a guest of the wonderful people of Caesars, and you know. Hey, who do I gotta know to start getting some of that action? Um, you know what? You start talking about their stuff on your show, you never know. Come out to some of these parties with me. I'll introduce you. I brought you to Guy Savoy. I introduced right. you to the movers and the shakers. By the way, uh, Jackie uh, dined at a restaurant Guy Savoy, and he she said it was amazing. Yeah, loved it's, it. Loved it. It's it's an absolutely fantastic restaurant, and again, they were kind enough to host my book release party. So we love them. One other thing I want to mention about what I've been doing this week, because it's close to my heart. Um, you know, Three Square, they do a lot of work to um, alleviate hunger here in the Valley, and incredible organization. My um, friends at David Mahoney at KXTE Radio, they're the morning show. They've shown a lot of love to this show, by the way, Scott, so we should love them. Um, they've let me go on and plug this show, so that's cool. That's nice. They're out there in the parking lot of a Walmart on Rainbow and 215. For three straight days, Mahoney, who just got off suspension, decided he's not going to leave for three straight days. He's not going to sleep. I'm interested to see what he looks like tomorrow night. But um, they're out there raising money for Three Square with the UFC. It's a huge experience going on up there. They have, um, you can punch punching bags, all this. And I was there today. And this is, um, this is one of the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm supposed to know who his name is because I grew up in Philly, but I forget off the top of my head. Shane. Shane, Shane what? Victorino, thank you. And that's David Mahoney, of course, and their lovely um, news girl. But they're up there. They're raising a lot of money. You can go up to a lot of fun things. It's Three Square. Every buck you donate to Three Square buys three meals, and they've got a corporate sponsor for this week for this event that's matching it. So it means if you put five, $5 down, um, that's going to be 30 meals for hungry people. So again, that's at the Walmart over at um, Rainbow and 215. I wanted to make sure people knew about that one. So. That is pretty much what I've been doing this week. Scott, we have to start talking eggnog, and we're going to do that right after this. Traditional media believes that after about three minutes, you'll tune out. Most Vegas media companies think if it doesn't jiggle, you won't tune in. At the Vegas Video Network, we think both are wrong. The Vegas Video Network is the first and only live online broadcast network that specializes in insider news and expert views about Vegas. We combine great storytelling with the ability to watch when and where you want on your computer, mobile device, or television. Discover the real Las Vegas. Visit VegasVideoNetwork.com. And we are back at Top of the Food Chain. I am Al Mancini here on the Vegas Video Network. And we're talking eggnog today. And I had to reach out for an expert on eggnog. Not that easy always to find. Um, but I got Matt Myers. Matt Meyer or Myers? Sorry. Myers. Okay. But like the dark rum. Okay. There you go. I'll remember that. David Meyer always, Myers always yeah. confuses he me there, too. Michael Myers. Got my, yeah, there's both the Canadian and the killer, you know. Right. Be <laughs> and the killer. Too. The Canadian and the killer. It sounds like a good. Good TV show there, yeah, or, or a good action series. You know, they they could fight crime together. With okay, me. enough of that. <laughs> um, Mike, you're over at uh, Matt. Well, see, you got me talking about Michael Myers. Matt is at Bellagio, the director of beverages at Bellagio, also a master mixologist. I don't know if I really take the claim to fame of being a master. I, I'm. Just simply mixologist is good to me. I think. Uh, Do you have a little pin? Titles are one of those things that seems really, you know, obscure to me. I, I'm not into titles. I, mixologist is a title, though. To many people, you're just bartender, right? Well, my my job is a little more than that. I uh, I have 
all the different bars, restaurants, a whole beverage department to run. So it's. No, I, I didn't actually mean the, the corporate portion of oh. it, but I meant mixologist versus That's bartender. And a mixologist is the one who actually invents the drinks, and true. a bartender pours the that drinks, is true. right? That is true. So if you want to impress your local bartender and you call them a mixologist, if they haven't invented a drink, then you're just blowing smoke. But generally, if you're tipping well, that kind of does the same thing for the most part. Right. Uh, you know, a good, Much a good more important than the title, people, right? Kind of makes them feel good as well. Cool. Well, we're here to talk about eggnog, um, and we're going to get into the history of it. But before we do, because uh, I want to get this off the table, given the quality that you brought, I went to the grocery store today. And, okay, this nice. is what most people think when they think eggnog. That is true. Right? That is and true. And this is what you're going to bring home. Is that Anderson's? Um, this is Mountain, Mountain Dairy. Mountain. And if we say anything negative about you, Mountain Dairy people, it's not because we're disparaging you. It's the general packaged product that we're disparaging. Made from mountain cows, of course. Right. And yes, then they, sh you know, they have to walk all the way up the hill to graze. It's very, difficult. Graze. very and, difficult to milk them. On a, on yeah. <laughs> well, it's not hard to down. milk them. It's hard to catch it because you have to hold the bowl, the, the, you know, the bucket kind of like that. I imagine you know? it's probably very strenuous work, yeah. Yes. Um, so this is what I get. Now, is this eggnog really? By all definitions, with the, the USDA, yes. However, it is a really far-fetched view of what we really consider eggnog. And really, we don't want the USDA deciding what's eggnog, do we? I mean, they should decide what will kill us, but not, not really what is good. I think during the Reagan administration, they did label ketchup as a vegetable. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. So that, yeah, might so be this is to eggnog what ketchup is to vegetables? Yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, you know, I look at this and, you know, it's pasteurized homogenized milk. Well, thank God it starts with milk and then cream. But then we've got, of course, high fructose corn syrup, which mm. you can't be an American without that. And then sugar, just in case you didn't get enough sugar from your high fructose corn syrup. And then an egg base. And what I hear is, and then we've got triglycerides and things like that. What I hear is, is there's really only about 1% egg in something like this. That is true. Okay. So you, you suck. But uh, I do have a question before we get rid of this bad, bad eggnog. If somebody does have this at home, I mean, seriously, it's, it's fun at parties, you know, it, like it many things. It does its job. It's utilitarian. We're going to make eggnog from scratch. Not everyone has the time to do that. Um, it does fill the void of the, the ambiguous, um, creamy, nutmeggy drink that we all enjoy. Right. So it does have its place. Okay, here, here's my question. I was going to go over to the, the bar over there, but we don't, well, we've got five cameras, but none on the bar. Scott, you need a bar cam in this place. It's a great really, bar. I don't need people to know how much alcohol we have. Wow. It, it's an amazing <laughs> bar they have here. But it looks like it's typical, really but bar, a lot huh? of it's been pretty well, pretty well consumed because everyone on this network drinks. Uh, but that, that kind of reminds me of like a parents or, you know, or a suburban persons who, who only, only drinks at the holidays. Like that's what they may have when they pull out. There's a little bit of everything. What, if you're buying this, what can you put into eggnog? Because it seems everybody puts different things in. And we'll talk about the history in a yeah. little bit. But what, if I'm just reaching under the cabinet and I go, vodka, gin, bourbon, rum, I mean, what, you know, what can I put in? Eggnog? So, when I find in most people's liquor cabinets or what they might have, really, I would just go f right for the white rums, the Bacardis. Go for something that is, has a good amount of, of alcohol, but a little residual sugar. If you miss grab the, uh, the peppermint schnapps, it's not going to work so well. Even, <laughs> even like your, your basic oh, vodka, not going to work so well. Rum, classically, will always go well with eggnog. There's other things that will go great with eggnog, brandies, uh, whiskeys, bourbons, 
But you want to be specific on what you're using to make the eggnog. Think of it like a pairing. You don't want to just throw any spirit in there. But for the run-of-the-mill eggnog, classically rum is always going to be work very well. I've always enjoyed bourbon. I, I love bourbon. But, um, uh, it's funny that vodka doesn't work because isn't vodka sort of the universal additive to any? Isn't it supposed to work with everything? <laughs> No, you're right. Uh, you know, vodka is defined as the neutral grain spirit with, that's colorless and odorless by the United States uh, degree. And, but really, it doesn't add any flavor. Uh, if you're going something really cheap like Mr. Boston's and that big plastic jug, <laughs> it's just going to be gross. And it's right. not going to be good. You're not going to enjoy it. Okay. Um, one other quick question. What are we getting when we get something like this? Because, you know, at home, I, I remember you'd make an eggnog punch, and then you'd throw a couple scoops of eggnog ice cream into it. Is this, does this bring anything to the party? Well, And again, nothing no. against Anderson. That cow looks really cute there, flying over the star. I don't mean to be mean to Mr. Cow, but... No, Anderson is, a, you know, a little bit further quality than the, uh, the mountain dairy that we had previously. Um, Generally, when they're doing an eggnog ice cream, it's very similar to the eggnog recipe that we're going to make. Um, but there is definitely its fill of starches and, star and things that really don't belong in ice cream. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend going au naturel the same way that we're going to. But um, some people may not have access to some things like liquid eggs, nitrogen. Liquid nitrogen. <laughs> if you I didn't want to say that first. I didn't want to say that first, obviously. <laughs> Uh, I always carry liquid nitrogen at home, you know, just in case. No, but you, know. you don't need liquid nitrogen to make ice cream. I mean, I remember no. as a kid, we had an ice cream making machine. I'm sure you could still get that at Sharper Image or some Correct. rich people store a somewhere. A little rock salt and some ice. The old school method of making ice cream still works very well. And you could take the same basic recipe and do it that way as well. Okay, so we want to talk about the history, but you're going to make up some eggnog for okay. us. So my question is, do we start you making the eggnog and give the recipe, and then while you're doing the process, do we talk history, or do we do the, get the history out of the way first? I think we talk history and make it at the same time. Okay. That way we kind of have a few different things going on at that's the same time. Are you, are you guys okay with that? Yeah. I'm okay with that. All right, thank you, thank you. Okay, so let's start with the recipe. Scott, could you put up just what the basic ingredients are there, if you don't mind? There you go. So we got egg All yolks, right. we got sugar, we've got whole milk, heavy cream, um, Cruzon single barrel rum. We have um, great, freshly grated nutmeg. nutmeg. Grate your nutmeg, people, if you're going to start this thing. Um, then we have oh, cardamom pods, because a lot of people have those lying around. And, but you can get those at a Whole Foods or any you know, good food store. And um, some freshly grated cinnamon. So this is what we're going to start with. I'm not going to put up the entire recipe as to you know how to do it because Matt is going to show you how to do it, and in between we're going to talk a little bit about exactly, history. exactly. So generally, when I start uh, my preparation of eggnog, you always want to toast your aromatics. If you're using pre-grated cinnamon, uh, nutmeg, think about how long that's been sitting in the packaging. It can actually be kind of gross and really loses its its flavoring. So I have some cardamom here. Can you sort of maybe turn that up so people could just see what's see, going so on? So our there? friends in TV. Oh uh, yeah, of course can, it all falls down the bottom. It kind of so falls on the. Right. So we've been toasting our cardamom pods. gravity, the same as the cows on the hill. There, there's <laughs> really a nice smell coming out from here, um, and then also I have a little bit of pre-grated uh, cinnamon nutmeg. Hopefully I can get the camera, um, and I'm gonna sprinkle that in my pot. And for I the most, I hate when people sprinkle nutmeg in my pot. 
That's you got to be careful. <laughs> it happened in college all the time. And when your dog eats it, <laughs> it's you'd, awful. You'd buy the bag, and it was all nutmeg. It was. Um, and for those of you who haven't grated nutmeg before, there's these little microplane zesters. They work really nice. Um, I really enjoy them for grating nutmeg. Um, I already pre-grated some in there. And I'm just kind of, I'm not sure if you can start smelling that now. You can kind of see a little bit of a smoke rising from that. That's quite all right. We're not yeah. going to set the studio on fire. Smelling good. Uh, I swear, I swear. Hopefully you're well insured. Smelling right? like Christmas. All right. So I have about a quart of whole milk. And um, just so I could ask, if people are doing this at home, what temperature are they, do they have this set on a, a normal stove? Well, right now, I, I, this would be a low flame. Um, I'm using an induction burner, obviously, because I don't want to set the place on fire. Um, if you're going to, you really don't have any kind of specific temperature when you're at a regular home kitchen. So but just a low, low flame, flame right. is good enough. I just added a pint of heavy cream and... I'm going to turn it up to about a medium, uh, medium high heat to get that, to start getting that heated up. Um, essentially what we want to do is we want to get it up boiling just to get it up to temperature. Um, then I also have here our half cup of sugar, I don't know if you can see that, and then eight egg yolks. So these are fresh egg yolks. Thank you, Alfred. I appreciate the help. We want to talk a bit about that um, because a lot of people, a lot of things I'll read online says, do not use fresh egg yolks, so you're going to get salmonella and you will die. And that's kind of sort of the same as when they warn you not to eat raw oysters, right? I mean, it's not 100% safe, but guys like me and you that love good food and love drinks, we're not afraid of it, right? That's very much true. I mean, there's still people out there who are afraid of pork. And nobody's got listeria since the 1800s. So for some reason, we're still worrying about how our pork is, and egg is cooked. But for the most part, nobody really gets sick of these, these things but, but anymore. But we will tell you, if you're at home, we'll give them the warning so they don't sue Scott or me, is that you know there is, according to the US government, a, a, a risk of salmonella. And of course, you can buy past, you get pasteurized eggs, right? Uh, yeah, you can use pasteurized eggs. I use whole for, for this case. Um, and they no. have their they have their place for for large quality uh, for large scale food production. I'm just talking about the Frady cats out there that oh, are afraid okay. of raw eggs. Like that that would be the way that they can go. But we of course are real men, and we eat we're real gonna food. We're gonna eat real food uh, made from actual chickens, or yes. hopefully that's where eggs come from nowadays. I don't know. Sometimes oh, there's plenty of other good animals that lay good eggs. <laughs> Lizards, maybe. <laughs> I've never had lizard eggs. So. This is an old recipe, Al, I wanted to make for you. I, um, I'm from the Northeast originally, so eggnog is really quite popular there. And some of what I know about what people use as spirits um, comes from hearsay. You, you'll find that in the, when you're finding out about whiskeys, bourbons, tequilas, is everything is about storytelling, but not so much about fact. <laughs> so just a disclaimer for those of you out there in television land, if I'm not 100% uh, like everything with uh, honest, it's all really about the story, right. you know? And um, everything down to the girl you picked up in the bar, really. It's way better about the story exactly. than what it's really Exactly. It's about how happened, it was right? told. Yes. When eggnog was consumed, there's a really strong history between eggnog and the flip. 
The flip we more think of as far as cocktailing culture, and a flip is a drink that, consume, that uses egg yolks in it. And it was referred to when the drink was flipped between two different containers to because they together. didn't have a, a tin and shake it conventionally how we did. They, they mixed using two different mixing containers. So they'd flip the egg back and forth. Uh, that's not that. I did that in flip. college many times. <laughs> I mean, that's not. You, of course, are a master mixologist. I was just a college drunk. And we would flip things back and forth between two cups all the time. So not that unusual for me. Okay. Well. At the time, that's how they did a lot of mixing. And the, the original drink of the eggnog was something that was consumed by the aristocracy, those who had money to drink eggs and milk. Uh, you're talking a very small percentage of people who could really afford to not just have those things, but let alone consume them with alcohol. And we're talking in England in at England, this point, when correct. this was medieval times. Or... Medieval times, uh, you know, the late Renaissance era. Um, then we talk, we see the evolution when it comes to the United States. Uh, the early colonists very quickly were cut off with the supply of cognacs and brandies because the British, the French didn't necessarily get along. They weren't, they weren't kissing cousins at the time. They're very close, not the best friends. So there was a really high taxation on what they had. So they still liked this drink. The, the new colonies got the taste for it, but they didn't really know how to go about using it, so they went ahead and went with rum. Rum but was utterly plentiful. At, at the same time, they couldn't get the cognacs and brandies, but they had an easier time getting the milk and eggs than the people in England did, right? Uh, for the most part, as soon as the colonies got started here in the United States, I mean, not to say they didn't have their difficult times, but uh, they had a lot more fertile land here in the United States and places for cows to range than, than England for right. the most part. So the English had the booze that they, that they wanted, but not be, the great, but not the, the other stuff. Else. And then the Americans had the everything else, but they didn't have the booze. But they said, hey, we've got some rum. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. So they, they went with rum, and rum was very popular for quite a long time. If you look at a lot of old-time rum production, it was made in um, the Northeast. In New England, was actually quite a bit of rum production at that point in time. And eventually, during the Revolutionary War, we all think of uh, George Washington. Jo the Revolutionary War was started by the exercise tax. The exercise tax was taxing what? The production of whiskey. Right. So that production of whiskey made people move around. And a lot of people in the United States moved west as far as they could to get away from that tax. So, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I just wanted you to bring us up to date on okay. exactly where we are with this recipe. And then I also have a question about where the name came from. Okay. But let's, um, let's just move, a okay. let's just let people know where we're going with so this right now. So, we've been stirring the eggnog to get it up to a quick boil. Um, it's just a low boil now. I'm not going to turn the pan because otherwise I'm no. going to burn Al Mancini and that would not be good on television. Right in places I don't want to uh, burn. Right in places he doesn't want to be burned. I'm going to temper the, uh, the hot cream and milk into the, our eggs. And this is the same process that we use if you were making a... Um, if you were making ice cream batter, if you were making any kind of... Uh, quiche is very similar. So you bring the hot into the room temperature, or into the cold, or that's room temperature, I suppose, with the eggs, and you just, rather than adding, adding the room temperature top all at once into the hot stuff, you little at a time you bring the hot into here. Correct. So 
And as you're doing that, quick question, where's the word eggnog come from? Because I've heard about three or four good explanations. So when I was taught that the example of the nog was when they're doing the flipping action, because they referred to their cup as a nog. And right. they were nogging, they were nogging the, the mixture. I've heard that too, that a wooden cup was a nog, and they'd put a, an egg substance in a nog was an egg noggin or something. I also heard that um, egg and grog was a colonial term, that grog almost referred to rum, and that so egg and grog, and then, egg, you know, then they got drunk and they just slurred, I guess, and then it became egg nog. After you drink enough, I'm sure yeah, you do. Yeah, it's egg and grog, and I get an egg and grog. <laughs> um, all those are great viable options, as I mentioned before, with the, with the uh, liquor industry and just how we take history, it seems like we're really based on stories and not necessarily on, on truths. Okay. So um, about how long does this whole process take, just out of curiosity, so people can plan at home and know what's going on? With so the this is about a 10, 15-minute process. Right, right now, we just took the, we tempered the eggs. And that's after put you have all your preparations here. done Correct. and you've gotten all your ingredients and done. For the most part now, all I need to do is just the, the seasoning. Um, it's good. I think I'm going to add a little bit more sugar, just to give it a dash. And the, the fun thing you're going to see here, and I was just writing about this in another article, is a, a professional chef or a professional mixologist always comes out with about this many spoons because um, they actually are very sanitary people, and every time you taste something, you have to throw the spoon away. Right. I was sitting in a kitchen the other day and couldn't believe how many of these little plastic spoons they go through. Well, but that's good. You should be happy about that. Yeah, it's with the production of what we have to do, generally we, we do it that way as much as possible. So right now we've got it to the thickness that we want to get it to. Um, I'm going to do a quick strain to get some of these lovely little, um, the lovely little, Cardamom pods out because you don't want those in your, your drink. Now the cardamom isn't generally something that is in every eggnog and you can see it's starting to thicken up really nice. Um, so I move that to the side and now I'm going to... Okay, so we take the hot stuff, we put it in a big silver pan. And I'm doing this bowl. to cool it down. So now we have to decide what, what kind of spirit is it that you prefer. Oh, you're you telling like, me rum, so let's do rum. I'm thinking we should go with rum. So we're going to go with the Crusian single barrel. Um, the Crusian single barrel is an estate produced rum. Um, but again, you also said white rums quite, work quite white well. White rums work quite well. So this, I actually made a double batch. Um, I did three ounces for the recipe, so we're going to add six ounces okay. of rum. You can add 12 ounces for this crew, it really, but we'll, we'll go with you. We'll go with the way that we can all drive home. That is important. How Thank high, God no how high an alcohol content is a good um, eggnog? How does it compare to, say, a typical mixed drink, higher or lower? Uh, that's a good question. It generally should be lower. You don't really want to kill somebody with eggnog. Um, Generally, when you have a high mixture of alcohol with, with fats, it doesn't always settle so well, so you want to be careful of that as well. Genius. Uh, I'm smelling alcohol, and that's making me happy. So this is an induction burner, so it will not... Uh, not going to shatter your shatter nice my glasses. glasses there? Yeah. And you don't generally serve it warm. You would wait in no, the normal I would, world, I would, you would put I it back cool, into the fridge. I would cool, cool it down really quick. I just want to make sure to get you one because we're also going to cool it down. But and it has been a while since I've had a drink. 
and you do understand the rules of this show, the host must drink within every so many minutes. So we're going to clean it up for you. I have a little allspice dram. Because a lot of people have that sitting around their house. I, I would end up smelling like allspice because I think that was Let me know what you think for the holiday. It's very hot, but oh, it's delicious. And again, you know that vein artery that I was clogging this week? <laughs> I think that thing is now. Uh, so how many grams of fat and how many calories in one of so these bad boys? In one of those bad boys, uh, we're probably looking at at least 300 calories. Oh, yes, just what I need, man. Mm -hmm. So now are we, explain what we're doing now, because this is like your big super finale. Now, Alfred, I'm going to need some more. Can you grab the thing? Okay. Um, we're going to do a little liquid nitrogen, and with our, uh, here, just go ahead and bring the, okay. bring it over here, huh? That's the problem with the nitrogen. It turns into nitrogen nitrogen if you let it sit around too far. Yeah. <laughs> too long. My liquid nitrogen evaporated, so I'm going to stir some liquid nitrogen into it. And this is how many, like minus 200 degrees or so? <laughs> Sorry, Al, I didn't mean to scare you. Mm, nitrogen. Yum. <laughs> just like mom used to make, huh? <laughs> And you can pick a bottle of this up at your local... Um, uh, my friends at Nitrogen Service here in Las Vegas gave this one to me. Okay. You got some nitrous oxide you could give us, too, to make it even more fun? <laughs> oh, that's the way to get the host off the show. Just cover me in that. <laughs> Scott's going to be using that for all of his hosts now. Just cover them in... No, and the beauty of this, I mean, if you haven't Just seen people on. cook with hold on nitrogen for a second. before, it's about negative 212, I think, but I could be wrong, degrees for it to be liquid. And as soon as you pour it in, <laughs> as soon as you pour it in there, it, um, it, of course, wants to turn into nitrogen, nitrogen. And in that, it gives off all its cold, and you can turn something that is a hot liquid into a frozen ice cream within a matter of, there? well, how long are we doing it? You do have to uh, keep be really about two minutes or so. I just don't want to. Uh, yeah, you have to keep stirring. And the beautiful part about using liquid nitrogen to freeze anything, whether it's a beverage, which my friends over at Fleur by Bear Keller use it for that, is that normally if you do a frozen drink, you use ice, and then when you run it through, the ice waters it down. But the nitrogen doesn't water it down. <laughs> I'm making a point here, people. <laughs> Focus on Al. Focus on Al. Come on. But, but truthfully, the nitrogen does not water it down, and it allows you to freeze it, unlike if you were to just put it through a Slurpee machine or a typical... Oops, Oh, now it's you just, just froze the entire studio. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good thing you're insured, huh? Hey, you've got to love liquid nitrogen, but uh, seriously, if you were to pour that on your finger, would you have a finger? No, I probably wouldn't have much of a finger left. Just to be able to crack it off I'm on the end of the table. I'm imagining that scene in Terminator 2 where, you know, yeah. starting to... So this was really hot to start off with, so it is... Uh, almost like an iced slushy at this point. I'm going to make it a little cooler and then it's going to be ready to serve. <laughs> you, have you ever done Hamlet? Because <laughs> <laughs> a skull? A skull would yeah, be the, very the fitting right now, doing the, No, the witch is, you know, double, double to, toil and trouble or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I did go to one class in high school. I remember something about that. Ooh, there. It's getting nice yeah. and slushy-like. And if you were to do this long enough at home with your household supply of liquid nitrogen, you pretty much end up with a wonderful ice cream that's way better than that thing with the cow jumping over the moon that we had here earlier. 
So do you do this in the um, in the Bellagio? For Just special events, special occasions. Yeah. It's not out with the water show. No, you pour no. some of this into the water show, that would just be badass. <laughs> you see some of the little droplets on top kind of sit there. The nitrogen and, uh, droplets? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to make sure not to serve those to you because okay. bad. Yeah, I don't want to. Well, <laughs> nitrogen wouldn't kill me. It would just freeze my tongue, right? Yeah, it would just freeze your tongue. Be, be and fine. Scott would appreciate that because he thinks I speak too much very frequently. So this is almost an ice cream that we have here. It's halfway between a cold eggnog and an ice cream. Correct. Nice consistency. Look, mm, sort of like when you leave the Ben and Jerry's in the car a little too long. Too long. You're coming home from the supermarket because you. We're gonna bring it a little thicker, but we don't want to run out of time either. This is what happens when you buy the ice cream and you stop at the bar to play video poker and have a quick shot. This is what the ice cream texture is like. Mmm, that's excellent, man. It's it's light, not overly sweet. Um, Gives a really cool. And you milk got a mustache. nice milk mustache. There you That's go. Really cool. And you got to explain to people why you have a That's milk mustache. That's <laughs> going on the website. Oh sure, and just put what were these two doing? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not looking. I'm looking at Scott, not the camera. That's not right. But no, this is great. This is excellent, and cool. this is going to have about a, the same bajillion calories. Yeah, about a bajillion calories. Fat. This is not good for any kind of holiday diet at all. Um, I like a little bit of cardamom on the end. I don't know if you get that in the finish of it, because generally there isn't a whole lot of anything other than nutmeg in, right. in eggnog, but this, I really like that cardamom finish. It kind of makes me finish, think of that. The dessert where they have the rice pudding that has a lot of very rich in cardamom. So right. kind of well, same ideas. Cool. Anyway, Matt Myers, you can get his um, eggnog at special occasions at the Bellagio. You can get all of your beverages, though. I mean, you've got a great beverage program at the Bellagio. A lot of great mixologists working within that resort. So um, I always have a good time. Plus, I like to go to the um, what's the Fontana Bar where you can watch the fountains and drink some. Well, that's High Lounge nowadays. Oh, they changed it. High Lounge. Oh, that is Eve. High Lounge. That's right. Damn it. The hipsters have taken over. They have. They've moved in from L.A. and they're here to stay. Damn you, so. hipsters. And I damn you because I am not on your list. <laughs> You Come put, to a Petrosian. Put me on your list. I will like you again, you hipsters. Anyway, man, thanks a lot to Matt. Um, again, I'm Al Mancini. This is Top of the Food Chain. Next week, we're going to be talking um, champagne, sparkling wines. We're going to give you instructions on everything from how not to shoot somebody with the cork to what makes a champagne and what makes a sparkling wine. So that'll be next week on Top of the Food Chain. In the meantime, you can follow me. Um, Al Mancini Vegas on Twitter. You can follow me on Facebook. And of course, almancini.net is my website. And it is Christmas time. And what fits into a stocking better, other than a stripper's leg? Um, what fits into a stocking better than a stripper's leg is Eating Las Vegas, the 50 essential restaurants. Pick this bad boy up. You can get it over at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, 13 bucks list price, but I think Amazon has it for 10. Order now because you're going to want to stuff some stockings with it. I'll be back next week with champagne. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, everyone in the audience. See ya.